There will be spoilers ahead. Lots of spoilers, so be careful, won't you? The audience. They live in darkness. So do we. They call, we show up. That's the deal. For 199 episodes, we've tried to protect the theaters, protect the viewers, shield them from what lurks in the dark corners of the streaming services, what skulks in the filthy alleyways behind the movie theaters. And now, before we even realized it, we've come to episode 200. Here we finally know our true selves. We're the podcast the internet needs, but not the one it deserves. It's complicated, and we are the matinee. We are the midnight show. We are the joy of delighted moviegoers. We are the vengeance of disappointed fans. We We are Batman! Movies... Batman? Uh, Uh, what? Um, sorry, we're... We're not Batman. Yeah, we're we're really not. No, neither neither of us is Batman. No, no, we're not. But Mm. for this, our 200th episode, we've decided to tackle a character who has been a staple of many forms of media, including movies and TV, for close to a century. The caped crusader, the Dark Knight, the protector of Gotham City, Batman. First appearing in May of 1939 in Detective Comics, or DC Comics, number 27, The Batman, who is neither of us, was the creation of Bob Kane and Bill Finger, a.k.a. Bob Kahn and Bill Fisher, and who? Uh, Jerry Robinson. Jerry Robinson. Thank you. In addition to his many, many comic (laughs) book adaptations, Batman... And at times, Robin have appeared in movie serials, cartoons, feature films, video games, lunchboxes, underoos, and sloths, and orangutans, and breakfast cereals. Now skip a and, bit, brother. <clears throat> right. Sorry. Uh, in this episode, we are going to attempt to discuss the entire Batman oeuvre, from bat soup to bat nuts. <laughs> bat nuts. <laughs> you said nuts. <laughs> we'll be talking about the movie serials from the 40s, the iconic 1966 movie that sprang from the equally iconic 60s TV show, Batman's early animated appearances alongside some odd company. We'll cover the Batman's darker, grittier revival in the late 80s and 90s, the animated series, the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight trilogy, and even the Lego Batman movie. Gosh! And because we just love pain, we may even cover the Zack Snyder uh, occurrence of Batman v Superman, case to be heard in Gotham Superior Court, and close out with the most recent version starring a not-at-all-sparkly Robert Pattinson. So let's bat-dive right in. I'm your bat-host, Max Levine, and over there, brandishing his can of bat-shark repellent, is my youthful ward, Mike Luce. Yep, no sharks here. <laughs> Not one. Right, so um, usually we'd uh, get to our poll question here, but we're yeah. going to do something a little different because uh, we're going to put the poll question answers al- along with the films as we talk about them. But, Max, do you yeah. have a poll question for people to answer next week? 
What is your favorite first-time performance by an actor? A performance that just made you go, Wow, I want to see what this person does next. And we'll tell you how to answer that later from our undisclosed location in the Max Mike Movies Cave. Don't go behind the grandfather clock, I'm just saying. Nope, nope. <laughs> Nothing there, uh, you're we, fine. Or, or the, I, the silver closet, it's it's fine. Keep going. Yep, yep. As Mike says, we're going to be breaking up most of the poll question answers into sort of their appropriate movies. and Because mm. the poll question was, what's your favorite filmic version of Batman? So we're going to match them up there. A couple, a couple of people, though, gave a more over, a sort of general overview answer that I'd like to read now. Poll question... Uh, Chuck Mock says, Most comic book superheroes evolve as writers, artists, and culture changes. Batman in print certainly has had many incarnations, and I think he probably has the widest filmic range. So my favorite is that there are so many choices for him. That's interesting. That's a really it's, cool view, viewpoint yeah, there. I like it that. It really is. The idea that he, what he likes about the character is there isn't just one favorite incarnation. He has, he has so many. There's a Batman for everyone. Yep, and really, the Batman was with the friends we made along the way. <laughs> yeah, my shit sure. doesn't work. And and from Dave, Dave, Dave says, I don't think Batman translates that well to film. Well, we have a lot of evidence to back that up that we'll get to. Uh, I guess the, the show's over then. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> the only version that I have significant warm feelings is the movie called Some Days You Just Can't Get Rid of a Bomb. <laughs> we'll get to that one. Yeah. Uh, the rest were okay, some even good, but not special in the way the comic can be. Frank Miller's Dark Knight blew me away when it was first published. You know, I think it did that to most of us. I have never had that feeling for any of the movies. Perhaps it is because Batman seems to be a sort of straight man or foil for the villains that go over the top crazy. Interesting. Hmm. All right. Well, thank you, Dave. Thank you, Chuck. Yeah, cool. But uh, with that, I guess we should probably get to the uh, first film appearance of Batman, which yep. um, came out. Yeah. 1943. The Facts. 1943 and then 1949 in a series of movie serials. The first one was just called Batman. Yeah. That was 1943. And 1949's was Batman and Robin. Uh, we only had one person even <laughs> mention the serials. <laughs> yes. And that, and that was Val Coons in her secret identity as Mike's sister. <laughs> Who said, glad you just said, glad you're including the 1943 series. It's a hoot. Is it? Well, <laughs> we're about to get to that, try. but thanks, Val. Yeah, yeah. So, there were you able to find any trivia on this at all? No, there's really not much. It was often considered to be indistinguishable from any of the other serials of the time, like Flash Gordon or Captain Marvel. I think there was a brief Captain America one, mm. and this Batman was not very Batman-ish. They really. didn't have a Batmobile. <laughs> it was a car, which was the same car that Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson would tool around town in, driven by Alfred. One thing, one bit of trivia, there are, it is maintained by some that the serial is the first appearance of Alfred. Ooh. Now, I looked this up. Technically, Alfred did appear in the comic book in Batman number nine, but that came out in 1943 as well. Oh. So it would be pretty close. Hmm. Yeah. As I say, when Alfred's driving and the top, the top of the car is down, 
It's Bruce Wayne in his sports car. <laughs> when the top is up, it's the Batmobile. I'm utterly, utterly confused and bamboozled, Batman. They don't. They don't even change the license plates. <laughs> well, that's sure. pretty much all the trivia I have for the forty-three. The forty-nine is very similar. Um, did you find out that it cost fifty dollars? It. I think it cost sixty dollars. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm guessing had, there was literally no way to find out a budget no, or a take. Yeah. It had no budget. It had no money. You could tell. I mean, for those who don't know, when you used to go to the, the movies, and it was a very common thing, especially for kids on, I think, honestly, it was sort of designed as daycare. Oh, you yeah. Would, you would spend your quarter, and you would go, quarter. and you'd get a short Different subject, nickel. you'd get a serial, you'd get a newsreel, and then you'd Boring. get one or two movies. Like, you might get a double feature, yep. and you'd and be in cartoon. the theater all afternoon. Yeah, it was, out, it was a long stretch. And speaking of a long stretch, you would get one episode of a serial and the cliffhanger, this is kind of where the word cliffhanger comes from, because there was actually a um, serial where somebody was left hanging on a cliff. Quite literally. I think it was The Perils of Pauline. Yeah. And you would want to come back next week to see what happened. And as has been noted in a certain film, he never got out of the cockadoody car. Um, (laughs) They would sometimes fudge what you thought you saw by, you know, Batman jumping out at the last minute, even though you saw him going down the cliff or whatever. I don't think it ever occurred to anyone that, that in the future people would be able to watch every episode (laughs) sequentially and see the immense continuity errors from one to the next. Well, speaking of that, Max, would you tell our audience how many episodes there were in the 1943 Batman serial? There are 15 episodes. Yeah, which I didn't check. I wonder if this makes the longest filmic version of Batman. Because <laughs> each of the episodes is like well, 25 20, minutes long. Yeah, each one's about 20 minutes, so that would be about, uh, what is Over that, 200, hours. 300 minutes? But, huh? <laughs> Over three well, hours. Yeah, hey, as we'll get to, the original cut of Batman v Superman was four hours. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Snyder so, cut. This certainly feels long. Yeah. Now, I I would like to be perfectly um, transparent with our audience. Max and I did as much research as we could, but certain things we... um Maybe we we skimped on, and this was the forty three one was yeah. one of them. Uh, we watched the first episode, and we watched the yeah. last episode, and quite honestly, yeah. don't think we missed a thing. <laughs> I I honestly can't tell which was which at this point. <laughs> yeah, it starts off, and they tell us in episode one, Batman fights criminals to the death. <laughs> huh? Well, of course, this is the forties. Yeah, and to be fair, when Batman first showed up in thirty in nineteen thirty nine. He killed people. This whole code against killing, that didn't show up until like the 50s or 60s. Yeah, well, along with the He used to carry guns. Pew, 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 two-gun Batman. Bam, bam. (laughs) Yeah. No, he was extremely violent and extremely final. Yeah. One of the other things I noted in my notes here is that, um, you know, Batman is a creature of the night, except when you can't afford that. So by the darkness of high noon. High noon and a day for night filter, yeah. Yeah. This is also remarkably racist it does not age well this is keep in mind this was made in the middle of world war ii yes and the main villain dr daka is which is an evil japanese spy as played by somebody who can't even say the word japan yes and there are lines in this in the voiceover such as 
Since a wise government rounded up the slanty-eyed Japs. Ugh. Ow! Yeah, so they actually even refer to the internment camps. Yeah. So never mind. Yeah. Yeah, so this is, for those who care, it is available on YouTube. I don't recommend it, but uh, there's the racism. The one thing I will say is that the Robin they've chosen for this is maybe the only time I've seen a Robin that actually seems like he might be a kid. <laughs> kind of <laughs> goofy-looking kid, but yeah. I, well, he's, he's a little monkey boy, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he is he a had, little younger. At least they do try, because Robin's supposed to be... I mean, Robin, I think, is technically supposed to be like 12 or 13, which is, yeah. we're not, I don't know if we might touch on that. Probably yeah. not, because that's not something that shows up in the movies much. Um, I honestly don't know how much crime you can fight when you're 12, but whatever. <laughs> um, the plot of this involves Dr. Daka. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, basically, an evil Japanese spy has an evil plan to do evil. Batman well, and Robin must stop him. He does that That's famous it. Japanese thing, you know, that everybody yeah. knows that that it's just so typical, you know, Japanese yeah. zombies. Yeah. Yes, he is. He plan he plans to turn them all using the ancient Japanese art of turning people into zombies. And these zombies do not hop. No, and those so are they aren't even Chinese anyway. zombie. Yeah, <laughs> they aren't even close. Yeah, he turns people into zombies for reasons. Just and like in the 1949 serial, the main villain is the wizard. The wizard. Well, even just. Real quick before we get to 49, yeah. I don't know if you noticed this, but I noticed the um, striking fear into the hearts of criminals. Yeah. They actually seemed more annoyed with Batman. <laughs> they actually seemed afraid of him. You notice also Batman has this thing where he, when he t leaves the criminals tied up to lampposts for the police, he marks them with bat decals on their faces, <laughs> Yeah, which actually is a kind of uh, forerunner to something that happens in one of the later movies. We'll talk about that. Yeah, and it's also sort of a throwback to a character called the Phantom. Right. <laughs> I never really liked the Phantom, but I did know that he had two rings, the Friends of the Phantom and the Foes of the Phantom Ring. And if he punched you in the jaw with the Foes of the Phantom Ring, you had this indelible skull on your face, and everyone knew, oh, he's a bad guy. The Phantom <laughs> doesn't like him. And I guess he punched people he liked on the other side of the face. Maybe on the punched him friendly on the arm. So I don't know. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the 43 Batman uh, serial, we're not, I don't see a reason to go too it's much not, into this. Not much there. there. It's, it's on YouTube if you want to watch. There's yeah. actually multiple versions of it. And it's nice and crisp. Somebody saved this. Yeah, this is really cool. uh, Okay, as we get to the 49 where, yeah. again, here the uh, villain is the wizard who has an evil plan to produce evilness, and Batman and Robin attempt to forestall him. Yeah, by forestalling yeah. him. By forestalling, and of course, we, we have we have our buddy Gale. Yeah, oh, Gale, <laughs> one of the henchmen. <laughs> but um, uh, one thing that's true in both of these, Gabe, Gabe excuse me, is that uh, Batman is not the master hand-to-hand -hand fighter. <laughs> <laughs> that he is, that he becomes in the comic book, it's all just you know he can maybe take on a couple of guys, but the fights as they do in all of these serials, mm -hmm. everything from Buck Rogers to Flash Gordon to Captain Marvel, they go on quite a long time, and there's a lot of punch, 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 shove, punch, shove, with everyone about at the same level. Yeah. Uh, the wizard has uh, some, uh, some interesting gadgets. He has this thing where he can see through his door in his little cave. So when anyone pops up, they turn on the viewer and they go, oh, good, it's somebody we like. And this is very exciting, except you could just have a peephole. 
or a window, yes. Or, a window or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the wizard has this machine, which is very Dr. Frankenstein-like, in that he pulls uh, a handle and things spark up and there's lots of noise, and then he takes control of things um, somehow uh, and throws Batman off cliffs and you know so on and so forth. Yeah, um, his machine is basically plot convenience. Yeah. Uh, it has theater. no specific powers. Um, this one, I will say that Max and I did not watch on YouTube. We paid for this. Max and I actually, and uh, we're going to give a little plug to our friends at Rift Tracks. Rift Tracks yep. took on the whole serial. The whole serial. <laughs> they do the whole thing. They riff every episode, and that's really the best way to watch it. It really is, because these things are, are ridiculous, even at their best, and best is not... From what I've seen, because I've seen Flash Gordon, I've seen Buck Rogers, I think I've seen some Captain Marvel, I've seen this. Uh, I want to say I've seen some of the Superman ones. Mm-hmm. They really, there was not a lot of money spent on these. Um, no, these things were churned out. Yeah, and the idea was it was just a way to hook kids to come back to the theaters every week. Yep, you know, just a lot of act, just a lot of action, a lot of fight scenes. That's all you needed. Yeah, and. Uh, I mean, to be fair, in 43, Batman had only existed for four years. There wasn't all this backstory or this, or this history. I should also point out, one thing that neither of the serials ever talks about is Batman's origin. Yay! Because yes, we're going to spend the next uh, 70 years watching yeah, that. Yeah, that over <laughs> and over. There's nothing about, my parents are dead! Hey, Max, in I this, bet you didn't know this. A little bit of trivia that I bet yeah. you didn't know. Did you know what? that Batman, Bruce Wayne's parents, yeah. were shot and killed in front of him? Oh my, oh my God, that's horrible. I had no idea. Yes, I knew that! <laughs> There are single-celled organisms that know that. I don't think there's a person in this country that doesn't know the origin of Batman, even if they've never watched a single episode of a TV show or a movie. Everybody knows that. And some of those organisms make movies. And uh, most of the Batman movies, with, there's only one exception in this group. Yeah. Well, two, really. Cause, yeah. Well, we'll yeah, that, uh, uh, that They always feel the need to recap that. Now, and here's the thing about the 41s. 40s ones that you can say, A, of course, they're not very sophisticated. They're made for kids. B, same thing can be said for the comics. The comics of Mm. this era are not particularly sophisticated. Generally, if you read comics from this time period, you will have a caption, and then below the caption is the thing the caption just told you happened. You might have some dialogue in there. Batman, as Max pointed out, did have guns in the 30s and 40s. It, they don't last that long, but they are there. And pew pew, there are times when he's got two and he's shooting things. Um, sometimes the villains he faces, he kills. Uh, to start off with, not a lot of like the big names. Joker doesn't show up, I think, till mm-hmm. Batman 1. So there's a few appearances in Detective. And then Joker shows up. And Joker just gets captured. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. It's not... He's not made out to be a big deal. I'm guessing there was a lot of people who wrote in, I like the Joker! And, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. But uh, nope, well, very true. The forties, um, yeah, it they're crude. The comics were crude, especially on you know the forty-three one. As racist as it is, really does reflect its time period. Yeah, because it's very, very, very much a, a cultural touchstone. Patriotic. Although they do have a very weird take on Bruce Wayne. Both of them show Bruce Wayne in his guise, which they don't very mm-hmm. much. But when they show him, he's like. Oh, hmm, life is so dull. Oh, I'd reach for that chocolate, but it's so far to the table from here. Yeah, <laughs> he's very. Mu- what he reminds me of is Leslie Leslie Howard in 
the Scarlet Pimpernel in his <laughs> fop disguise. Like, oh, sink me, my cravat has become askew. <laughs> yeah, that's apparently how they, okay, he's supposed to be a millionaire playboy. So apparently what that means is lazy and somewhat effeminate. Well, and the best part is they, they seem to imply that the way that Bruce, Main, Bruce Wayne makes his money is by sleeping. Even I like think he's when, a professional napper. When Vicky Vale is like, oh, sh- should we go to dinner? Oh, dinner. Well, I might be awake by then. Wait, huh? I'd say, yeah, I okay. should point out the, the female interest in the 43 Batman, I don't remember her name. She's not from she's not from the comics. It wasn't the 49 used Vicky Vale, who was a character from the comic book. I think her name was Lady. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> oh lady, oh lady. I, I think she no, she was scientist's daughter. Yeah, right. Uh, and again, we cheated. We only watched the first and the last yeah. because they really are that bad. Again, yeah. if you go back and read a lot of the comics, they're really not much better. Um, and, you know, this is no offense to anybody who likes the old Batman comics, but things would progress and change. And we, I think we will at some point talk about how the audience, even for the comics, changes at mm. certain points. But yeah. all the way through the 60s, it's for kids. It's like... If there was any art in it, it was because the people making it felt like it. It wasn't because it was demanded by anybody. But, uh, yeah, um, 40s Batman. Um, I don't know, you got anything else on there? I mean, no, besides I, the not, thrilling like conclusion? Yeah, yeah, not not, uh, not really much to say about it. It's interesting as a historical aspect of Batman, but that's really about it. Is it? Yeah, <laughs> it is. I mean, it's just like, well, look, there he was on screen. Of course, they were putting anybody they could into these serials. There are some really obscure ones. Well, and here's the other thing, too. Commando Cody, for God's sake. Uh, Nipple, nipple, tweak, tweak, fly. Uh, (laughs) That's King of the Rocket Man, who, if you've ever seen or uh, the movie The Rocketeer or read the comic, is pretty much the influence for The Rocketeer. Yeah. Um, Although dumber. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and you know, there's no—I don't know if there was ever any actors that made their way out of the serials. Um, it, it put some people to work, I guess. Um, the people playing Batman and Robin are utterly forgettable. Um, Batman and his ill-fitting under underoos. I mean, yeah, they boy. really are not. He's he's a lumpy Batman. Let's put it that he way. Is, he is a lump. He is not the the imposing tower of muscle that Batman later became. Well, and half the time it's during the day. Yeah. Yeah, and the Batmobile in the second serial in the nineteen forty nine one is just parked outside the house. It's like there's not even a bat yep. garage. They're or not something. even trying, really. So it's like they they pretend it's night. You know, they put that filter on the lens that nobody ever thought looked like nighttime, and then they run out and get in the car. And it's like, yeah. huh? Oh, there goes Batman across the lawn again. Huh, I wonder what he's doing at Bruce Wayne's place. <laughs> Hi, huh? Batman. How you doing, Batman? <laughs> hey, Batman. Could you bring my paper in? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was how and but that was really the only screen version of Batman we got for twenty until more than twenty years, 20, yeah, for twenty so, years. Then we got nineteen sixty six. Nineteen sixty six at the oh yeah, and we have um, we have some poll question answers for this one. Yeah, uh, we do poll question. Yeah, so we start off with Jamie Kleinert. She had this as her second choice, stating, quote, West is ostensibly also a high favorite, and I do have a certain nostalgia for the kapow-bam fight scenes in the original <laughs> series. Was the movie with West out in theaters or just on TV? It was out in theaters. Yes, it was. Uh, I only ever watched it in syndication, so I don't know, end quote. Well, thank you, Jamie. Um, 
Yes, as we since it's in this thing, it, it was in fact on TV, and we're there's a little trivia about that too. Geneva Brunetti also likes Batman of the Old West. <laughs> did there. Uh, quote, if not for our Pats, and on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, my favorite Batman will probably be Adam West. For the same reason as someone mentioned above, it's the nostalgia for comic books and watching it in syndication. I think especially in retrospect, they did a great job honoring the comic book style. Kapow. Holy double votes. Thanks, Geneva. <laughs> Harry McCracken adds a third vote, which I think puts 1966 in the lead. He said simply, quote, there is only one real Batman movie, end quote. <laughs> and I checked, and this is indeed the one he meant. Thanks, Harry. <laughs> and yes, a fourth vote comes oh. from she who is not my sister, but is my sister, at least on days that end with a Y, uh, Val Coons. She simply added, quote, the 1966 version, end quote. And as a bit of a spoiler, I think we actually have a winner <laughs> not that there was a competition but thanks val there is trivia oh dear gods was there a lot of trivia from I now bet, on oh who i'd have a weed whacker to cut down the trivia I, but it's got like almost 60 years on it yeah, yeah. the facts budget 1.3 million dollars hot damn oh that's even more than last week's singularity <laughs> That's serious money for 1966. It was. Take. Do you have any guess, Max? Five million. Close. It was four. So I guess they did just fine. It was a success. Mm -hmm. Wag, wag, wag. Why did the penguin have such an unpenguin-like catch tone? Turns out it's because actor Burgess Meredith had stopped smoking 20 years before, and that was the only way he could cover the cough the character's cigarette caused. Dear. Yeah. (laughs) holy recast apparently adam wasn't too keen on the idea of making a movie but had a change of heart when the producers actually said they'd recast his part if he didn't i yeah but then not content to be the star adam west said he'd only do the movie if he got to spend more time as bruce wayne i guess he just doesn't like being a chin (laughs) (laughs) well sure because bruce wayne in this show is the most interesting part (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Holy recycling! The interior sets of the Penguin Sub might have looked very familiar to fans of Voyage on the Bottom of the Sea. I wondered about that. They were the same sets. (laughs) Yeah. The sea view. Sadly, we do not get Julie Newmar, the series Catwoman, in this film Uh. because no one told her about it and she committed to making a film in the UK, a film which was subsequently cancelled. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Catwoman, the reason she doesn't show up till later is because they hadn't cast Lee Merriweather in the part until after shooting had started. This film was originally supposed to come first and introduce what would become oh, the series, okay. but the budget wasn't big enough, so the series was started first. This film was released between seasons one and two. Huh. Okay. That probably in, in, uh, explains the popularity. Yeah, the although, show was a pretty big hit, wasn't it? It was, although, and it, and it was crazy. If you go back and look, like, in history, the amount of merchandising Batman was, Batmania is even what they called it at the time, was nuts. Although it was already starting to wane in Series 2. Which is why they introduced, A, they lowered the budget and they introduced Batgirl in Series 3 to uh, uh, yeah. boost ratings. But that was it. There was three seasons and it was gone. Just like Star Trek and Lost in Space. This is the last we'd see of Frank Gorshin until Season 3. His part as the Riddler would be taken up by near-lookalike John Aston. <laughs> Um, yeah, sure. Especially the mustache, but... Oh, yeah. While Aunt Harriet, played by Madge Blake, does appear in the movie, (laughs) she doesn't speak once. Not a word. Not a word. She's in one shot. 
This was Alan Napier's last movie role, though he would continue to play Alfred during the second and third seasons of the Batman TV show. The 1966 Batman movie is the only live-action Batman film ever to come in at under two hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe that. And so much more, but let's get to the yeah. action. The yeah. plot. It's 1966, and Batman is facing not one, but four of his most nefarious foes all together for the first time. Penguin, Joker, Riddler, Catwoman, in the biggest budget depiction of a Cape Crusader yet. Hold on to your hats, folks. The worst is yet to come. The film. Batman. Yes. Oh, right. Line. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I didn't know she was in this film. Um, now, Max, you didn't see this when it came out, right? Uh, no, I didn't. I couldn't. <laughs> I was. I could. I could barely walk. Yeah. Um, do you remember watching the, the show when you were a kid? I mean, it's a little early for you, but... No, I don't think I saw it until years later when it was syndicated. Yeah, my sister did, apparently. Um, and to this day, I will never forgive the fact that my mother made her a Batman costume, and when I was old Ooh. enough to wear it, all we could find was the cowl. Oh, <sighs> oh but, cruelty. Uh, but you watched the syndication when you were a kid, right? Oh, yeah, I watched it religiously. They were showing it on prime time. You know, it was in the evenings. Well, it, so the for those who don't know, the original 66 Batman TV show ran twice a week. Yeah. And I believe it was either Tuesday and Thursdays or Tuesday and Wednesday nights. And you would it was a cliffhanger. It actually, in a way, there are elements of the original serials in this show. Um, kind of. The action is not entirely dissimilar. <laughs> well, that's true. Let's say the fight choreography is about on par. Yeah. And the every episode, every other episode, I should say, ended in a cliffhanger. There's Batman and Robin tied up in very um, interesting ways. Yes, that weren't tied up in tight-cutting bonds. <laughs> Pressed buttock to buttock. Uh, yeah, and sometimes just sort of um, yeah, apparently, I've, I've read uh, Burt Ward's autobiography, and apparently Batman and Robin were very well considered by female viewers, shall we say. Ah. And the stars themselves were never at a want for... Um, um, Com companionship? Yes, yes. Ah. And the oh. best he could come up with is he thought it was the trunks. Because basically, <laughs> there, there's guys out there more or less hanging out wearing their underwear, which, you know, we're not used to seeing yeah. guys depicted in any kind of sexual way. They're fully clothed. The only thing you see is Adam West's chin and uh, part of uh, Burt Ward's head and his forearms. But seeing them get tied up and stuff every week apparently excited certain members of the audience. But... Um, Otherwise, the TV show was one episode, their half-hour episode would end at a cliffhanger, and you would have to tune in later that week and see the, the what happens. Does Batman the die? The exciting conclusion! Yeah, just like the serial. So, you know, I don't know. I didn't see anything in there where it said that they were a big influence on this show, but I'm going to have to go with probably, or at least serials in general, not the actual serial of Batman, because there's nothing there. But Yeah, yeah. Um, and when they came time to do this, they, quite honestly, although a lot of people really hate this version of Batman, they were pretty much mirroring what was going on in the comics. Yeah, because the com this we can only touch on because this is a whole episode. Yeah. In the 1950s, the comics code came out for reasons, which established 
basically the comics industry created this themselves as self-policing rather than be end up with legislation shoved up them. And who else did that, Max? Do you know? Uh, I believe that would be the movie industry, too. Yes, it would. Yeah, right around the same time. And uh, there was a lot of stuff about, you know, y you can't show blood. You have to have every, every, all authority figures have to be respected. Yeah. You can't have anything about corrupt politicians or dirty cops, which you, did show up in comic books quite a bit beforehand. Yeah, you can't stretch entrails between bases in a baseball game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So let's face it. So they had, they had a point about a couple of those horror comics. Yeah, but um, yeah, but the yeah. bat. Yeah, the, the not to mention they when uh, Doctor Wortham was pointing out about the shall we say subtext of some of Batman <laughs> of this adult man and this young boy living together, and there's at least one panel that shows them sharing a bed. Yeah, yeah. There was there's. You can see why it would set some people to thinking. However, uh, they basically Batman went from vigilante to being, as they, as he loved to say in the show, a duly deputized officer of the law. Right. Which I, to be fair, I'm not as up on the history of Batman in the comics, but my feeling is I don't think they ever did that. They never did. He was yeah. never actually uh, an official law enforcement agent. He was just friends with the commissioner and you know the police, the police in the fifties anyway. And I guess into the 60s really liked him. and like, yeah, thanks, Cape Crusader. Yeah. Um, so we start off with this film, and what do they have? Not the theme from the TV show. It's a totally no. different theme. And it's the whole opening felt to me more like a, a spy movie than it did a Batman movie. It's very Basically, stylish. Yeah. It's cool. And uh, who did the music? Uh, was it Nelson Riddle? It was Nelson Riddle and his orchestra. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Not that riddle. <laughs> yeah, Nelson Riddle, who actually I think worked a lot with uh, Frank Sinatra, and if I'm yeah, not, he worked with I the whole Red Pack. I may be mistaken, but there is an album in particular. Um, Frank Sinatra had been a crooner back in the 30s, and his career by the 60s was waning because his audience was getting older, etc., and he wasn't cool anymore. And I believe it was his pairing with Nelson Riddle, who was a, da a band leader, that basically brought Frank's career back into the spotlight, and also oh. Frank started acting in movies and stuff like that. Oh. Um, but yeah, Nelson Riddle, his music is great. It's a lot of fun. It really fits the, the mood, I think. Um, but also because we've got some extra money, we get some cool things for the first time. We get the Batcopter. Yes, and we also, again, it's emphasized that Batman is on the side of the police because as the copter goes over, there are four policemen walking abreast on the sidewalk like they do, and they look up and they all take their hats off and hold them <laughs> over their hearts, saluting the Batman. Well, and let, let's talk about the Batman in this version mm. you know, the tv show and specifically this movie he could not be more white bread straight laced milk toast than he is depicted here he is the Hell most yeah. dudley do right that batman will ever be when he's on a date when bruce wayne is out on a date <laughs> with the disguised Catwoman as miss kitka who <sighs> no, no the world's greatest detective cannot recognize despite the fact she doesn't wear a mask in this yeah uh Oh no, she does sometimes. That's Big true. deal. <laughs> yeah, he's he's Bruce Wayne is has a brandy snifter full of milk that he's <laughs> drinking, <laughs> and there is even a quick ant. You know, at one point, Robin is wondering why would anyone do such a terrible thing to themselves as drink. Yeah. Oh, and it's very very vanilla, and it's very 
you know, square and true, eyes of blue. Yeah, and, you know, we, the film starts off with Batman going after what he thinks is just the Penguin, and it has one of my favorite, most hilarious moments in Batman history. He's Terrible. going down... <laughs> down a ladder from the Batcopter yeah. <laughs> and the Penguin has set a shark on him. A um, rubber shark <laughs> that grabs onto his leg and just sort of hangs on. Well, apparently not breaking the skin because there's no blood. Well, and also the only reason the, the shark is held in place is because it's pressed between Adam West's leg and the <laughs> yeah. rope ladder that he's hanging on the, to. The ladder, by the way, has a small sign on the bottom that says Bat Ladder. Of course, everything in this film is, is labeled. Bat something. Yep. <laughs> and then the yeah. he asks Robin to send down the... The shark repellent bat spray. <laughs> <laughs> because why wouldn't you have that in a helicopter? And to Burt Ward's credit, they do this thing where he gets, for some reason, instead of just climbing down the ladder and handing it to him, uh, Burt Ward is able to hook his legs and go upside down and hand the can of bat repellent shark no spray reason. or shark repellent bat spray <laughs> to the shark, which causes Adam to literally move his leg and the shark falls off the ladder. And then explodes. And explodes. And it's it's hilarious. And it I honestly really don't, funny. I don't know if they actually meant that to feel in any way dangerous i kind of don't think so it i don't see how it could the shark never moves no well it's, it's too obviously Adam a, wiggles his leg it's obviously <laughs> a pool toy but of it, course then we get to one of my one of the other there are several just friggin hilarious lines yes and the one that mike loves to quote <laughs> is when they're in the office with with Commissioner Gordon and Chief O'Hara, yeah, who who is you almost know, as office, Irish as you are, <laughs> Officer Patio Furniture here, <laughs> just yeah, the absolute cliche of the Irish cop, yeah, Saints preserve us, and I'm yeah, as you say, the guy could not, I, I'm more Irish than that guy, yeah, and I'm not at all Stafford, Rep. but they're trying to do the detective stuff of figuring out who's involved and it's like well it was you know the shark was literally pulling my leg so that was a joke so it's the joker and it was a riddle and, and then robin comes up with the with absolutely sherlockian deduction and the whole thing happened at sea say sea. it sea for catwoman <laughs> That cracks me up every time. I adore that line. It is so dumb. It is utterly dumb and utterly aware of how dumb it is. You can tell. Yeah. I will say this, though. This is something you don't see a lot in the depictions of Batman in the films. He actually spends some time detecting. Like, a lot of times, like the serial... He does it badly, but (laughs) yes, he's actually, like, studying clues and... Looking at, you know, every piece of apparatus in the Batcave has a sign telling you what it is. <laughs> or, Bat reminding, or reminding <laughs> Batman what it does. <laughs> yeah, because well, they all tend to look the same. They're just yeah. cardboard boxes with lights on them. Well, you know, and they've got some stuff that it's like, hey, didn't I see that last week on Lost in Space? Why, yes, you did, old chum. And um, we do yeah. get the four villains together. You got Cesar Romero as the Joker and his mustache, <laughs> which he had refused to shave, so it's covered with a heavy layer of makeup, which fools no one. Or pancake batter, take your Yep, pick. yep. There's Burgess <laughs> Meredith, Oscar winner Burgess <laughs> Meredith as the Penguin, 
Frank Gorshin, the man who left teeth marks on every piece of scenery, <laughs> and Lee Merriweather as Catwoman. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry is the weak link. She is. She is not Julie Newmar. Julie no. Newmar got, just got into it. Even Eartha Ugh. Kitt, who I think only did it in like one episode. I believe it was. Well, she would have been two, right? Because she two. Did, they oh, did two parties. Yeah. At, at Lee Merriweather, I, I'm guessing, had no idea what the character was. Probably not. But, but Julie Newmar, she was so slinky and so statuesque is a word that's used with her a lot. And she was. But hey, she I was remember, just. The way she just sort of lazed into that role, very, yep. very feline. And of course, she was very attractive. Um, but she was a good actor, too. It wasn't she just, was, she, oh, she's pretty. Um, and she th- she put herself into that role as much as Frank Gorshin put himself into the Riddler. Yeah. And Frank Gorshin is just oh hilarious. I adore Frank Gorshin. He, he's just amazing. And he... There is a switch somewhere in Frank Gorshin that goes from slow and ponderous to absolutely crazy, Just and he manic. throws it whenever he feels like yep. it. And Cesar Romero is okay. He's decent. He's got the he's got a physicality, and he also look the Joker was not always this psychotic monster, even in the comics. That I don't think, except for in the very beginning, his first appearance, and then not until I'd say the seventies. He didn't used to kill people. He liked to embarrass people. That whole thing of that horrible smiley gas that he came up with, that or the the toxin, that was that was later. Well, he was more or less a gangster yeah. when he first showed up. And I think if I remember correctly, because I reread his his first appearance, there's no origin. There's no oh dear, I Batman pushed me into a giant vat of Joker chemical and I came out and I can't stop smiling. Yeah, that came that? out later. Yeah, yeah, that was that would have been later. Um, but of course, the level of evil and craziness wouldn't exist in the comics because the yeah, comics could forbade it. It wasn't allowed to. So he's mainly, he's just a kind of a clown. And Burgess Meredith... I'm sorry, you want something else? <laughs> no, no, go ahead. No, Burgess Meredith, first off, the man is a, just a superb actor. If, if you look at that and then you look at him as Mick in the Rocky movies, yeah, you see him going from, yeah, you're gonna eat thunder and crap lightning! <laughs> and then you hear, yeah, that's right, you my you foul feathered fools. Wag, 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 wag. <laughs> the guy he also he give he leaves it all out on the field. He does, and he has a good time. I think with the exception of Lee Barrowweather, and she was thrown in at the last minute. I don't know it much about her, her as an act. She, no. But I think all of the major actors, even the guys playing um Commissioner Gordon and Chief O'Hara, are really enjoying themselves. And the movie, I you know, we're going to talk about this as we go along. Because of the comics code and stuff, quite honestly, the movie really reflects the comics. The only it thing does. it doesn't is we don't have the giant penny and the Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> yeah, and I assume that was a budget thing. Yeah, well, and here's the thing. So a lot of people don't know the, the TV show for the production company did not make money. They spent so much per episode that there basically wasn't any way they could recoup it. Wow. Now, the merchandising and stuff for the people who owned the rights to Batman, that was a different story, you know, and oh, the network yeah. did fine. But they were spending a ton of money on each show, and they basically couldn't re- recoup the costs. Like, all the sets, the Batcave set was very expensive. They had an mm. actual car, right? Cars are always expensive. That was an awesome car. The Batmobile, that is, is for my money, that is the Batmobile. All the other <laughs> ones that came after it, I appreciate you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for playing. 
But the one that really just says Batmobile and fits Batman as a comic book character, to me, it's that one. Um, that was put together by a man named George Barris. He did a lot of customized cars. He would also do the cars for the Munsters and for the Monkees. This was actually based on a concept car. It was a Ford Futura. It was a 1950-something, 55, 57 Ford Futura. And quite honestly, the general shape of the car is already there. So the weird plexiglass domes, the shape of the hood, the shape of the back, it didn't have little crenellations cut into the fins. But most of that stuff was already there. He just took it and batted it out, basically. Um, But yeah, so there's a lot of money spent on this. And in fact... When the ABC, I think, was the original uh, show of right. Batman, uh, did not renew it for a fourth season, they immediately struck the set because it was just too big to keep there. NBC stepped in and said, oh, hey, wait a minute, we'll do it. And by then it was too late. Once they destroyed oh. the set, it's like, yeah, we can't do this. So there's, there We can't afford to recreate it. Oh. Yeah. Um, I, again, I think this really represents the comic of the time. I don't know how much this represents the 60s. <laughs> not not so much. I mean, this was very establishment. Yeah. You know, this is very... Because you know, the 60s, where we were first... They were first starting to call police officers pigs. Yeah. We were starting to actually talk about things like police brutality, violence, uh, the need for things like the Miranda rights, which, you know, came along fairly late. Right. Well, I think and that's the, because of uh, Sergeant Joe Friday. I think that's how those came about. Uh-huh. Yeah, Jack Webb. Uh, yeah. I, but the, the, what else is happening in the middle of this show? This ran 66 to 69, I believe, were the years. Yeah. Um, or Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, actually, it would have been 65 to 68. Uh, right in the middle of this, what's happening? Oh, yeah, Vietnam. Yeah. Right? That's becoming they, a thing. They, well, yeah, but you wouldn't know it from the, from the show. No. They don't talk about that at all. The, the rise of the counterculture, they kind of talk about that. Well, they they do it as a joke. I mean, there's the the legendary episode where Batman dances the Batusi. <laughs> yeah, that's if you can just Google that scene. It's it's a mind blower. Uh, the, there's just one or two other scenes I wanted to talk about because, of course, they were, some of our uh, list listeners brought them up or readers. There is a sequence where Batman ends up with a gigantic bomb. And I mean, it is, I swear, it looks like something wild, literally like Wile E. Coyote would try to use on the Roadrunner. Big black sphere, fuse on the top, the longest burning fuse in explosive ordnance history, and he's trying to find us. He's on a dock, and he's trying to find a safe place, and everywhere he goes, oh, there's lovers in a boat, oh, there's nuns, oh, there's the Salvation Army, and he, he utters, what? There's baby ducks. There are baby ducks. He's going to throw it over to the side, but there are baby ducks. He cannot kill baby ducks, and he will not kill even the degenerates who are drinking alcohol. (laughs) And he utters that classic line, some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Yeah. Uh, You know, and if people will know that quote, even if they've never seen this film... Um, I will say, too, if you want to go looking for something, go looking on YouTube. Somebody recently did an absolutely brilliant mashup of a um, trailer for, I think it's The Dark Knight. It's either The Dark Knight or Batman Begins, but they substitute Adam West for (laughs) Christian Bale. Oh, wow. And some of the other characters, like the villains in that, like for the Penguin. It is brilliant. It is so funny. And I think there's actually a point where he is running with the bomb. Um, uh, one thing that kind of surprised me about this movie, 
One of the most iconic aspects of the TV show were during the fight scenes that you got the word balloons on screen. You know, pow, zap, bim. We don't get that in this movie until the very last fight. I don't know why. They just don't show up. Then they're all fighting on top of the submarine, and we've got zap, biff, pow coming up. Well, for those who uh, are big Batman TV show trivia fiends, I can let you in on a little secret. One of the reasons is probably because it was very expensive. So I would think, yeah. First season Batman, you'll notice that the sound effects, the onomatopoeia, whatever you want to call it, appears above the action, so you can still see action around it. It's transparent. There's no background. Uh-huh. That was really expensive. So second season and on, you would have go to a title card that was just the sound effect and you know a background of color. Like you know, sock was in red and it was on an orange background, and it would just cut in, and then they'd cut back to the action, such as it was. It was a it was a cost cutting measure. Um, so do you remember the first time you saw this movie, Matt, Matt, Bat, Batman Max? Max, I am Batman. Yes, I'm Bat Max. Uh, um. No, I, I really don't. Sometimes I, I, I remember seeing it, but I don't remember what the circumstances were. It's just part of me. Right. And so you grew up and you love. I'm guessing you loved it as a kid. Oh, my God, yes. And I saved up money for weeks to buy the Corgi car of the Batmobile. Me too. <laughs> I went through two of them. I, 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 used, I played with the first one so much, I broke it. I yep. wore it out. Me too. I had to get, a, I had to get another one. First thing you uh, lost were those little yellow missiles. Y- <laughs> yep. No, no, the first thing I lost was Robin, the Robin oh. figure sat in the front. I remember very clearly, and lost? I didn't care. Yeah, I didn't really <laughs> care. I, I wasn't particularly careful about finding Robin, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What about so you? We watched the. Oh yeah, I watched it as a kid. I loved it as a kid. I uh, did, my two favorite shows when I was a kid were Batman and uh, Star Trek. Ah. Uh. I yeah. I I adored Batman. Um, in the early seventies, there wasn't a lot of Batman toys or anything, so you had to make do the Corgi car, which to this day is still like the best. Batmobile toy because yeah. for some reason it had a little knife that popped out of the front, which never happened in the show. It was yeah. actually a battering ram. Oh, it I, actually popped. Oh, I thought that I thought something snapped out and cut a chain or something. No, it's it's a battering ram, um, and it pops from under the car. This oh, is a okay. little knife for reasons I don't understand. Um, it shot missiles out, which would I'm sure blind some children, and thus cause the fact yeah, that we couldn't yeah. have any fun. Um, the little flame shot out of the back if you uh, move the car around. Um, and I loved the, I, the film. I don't remember. I think it like showed up once in a blue moon yeah. on UHF because uh, mostly I don't remember watching it. Of course, as a kid, people think kids don't notice this stuff, but they do. I was like, that's not Catwoman. That's not yeah. Catwoman. Nope. I noticed. I noticed that right away. Probably uh, I had different reasons as I was going through puberty at the time. Yeah. But uh, Julie <laughs> yeah. Newmar, Julie Newmar was a big help that way. Yeah. Um, so we. Why does that make I, me? And, and Yvonne Craig, to be honest. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure that's not at all why she was hired. The finish. You and I actually watched this together. Uh, mm-hmm. So what was your opinion of the film after having watched it? T- I, I, I can't remember. Were there martinis that night? <laughs> uh, I think there were. Okay. I think we had a little help. <laughs> so what did you what uh, do you think of the Batman 1966 movie? Oh, it's utterly dopey, but it's so much fun. Yeah. I mean, it is. if you go into it as a superhero movie... Well, what's wrong with you? If you go into it as a comedy, it's hilarious. Parts of it do drag. Its it pacing is. is very uneven. Some of it, you're like, oh, come on. Yeah, I but agree. It really is fun, and you don't have to. I don't think you. you I think you could watch this without ever having seen an episode of the TV show. No, 
No, I think you're it's, missing out on some of them, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I have to say it's a little long. You were saying it's the shortest, but it still <laughs> comes close to two hours, which for a comedy like that is kind of lengthy. You could see places they could have trimmed, but it's it's very funny. It's a lot of fun. And the reason I think that it is is because they play it utterly straight. They oh, are absolutely. dead serious about absolutely. how they're depicting this, and it doesn't matter if they know that people are going to laugh at this. No. It, if they didn't play Batman utterly straight and, you know... Wouldn't work. Six foot two, eyes of blue, and all that yep. stuff, it would not have worked. And nope. they managed to pull it off. I think while it does not reflect the times so much, one could say that maybe this <clears throat> is kind of a last gasp of the establishment trying to hold on to some vestige of what they think is right and good and true. Um, but, you know... Also, just which should be pretty obvious, it's a very white film. <laughs> oh boy, is it ever! We get some people from the well. It's not the UN, but it is. Yeah, it's the what UN. is it? The yeah, it's Council the of Council of the World Council of World Security or something. It's it's yeah. the UN. I think and there's, there's one. It, there's a there's black, one person black person. There. There's one black person who represents the country of Africa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the whole plot which basically involves. Um, Somehow, uh, <laughs> I'm getting a, a dehydration gun, which turns oh, people into don't, powder. Don't even try. <laughs> well, the best part is the end when somebody basically sneezes and all the powder gets mixed up. And so Batman has a special powder... That powder sorter. Sorter thing. And he puts all the colored crystals back into different things. But when he rehydrates them, he has to do it all at the same time. It's a very tense... It's not tense at all. Oh. Uh, they all come back, and they're still arguing, but now everybody's speaking a different language. Ha! <laughs> so apparently, yes, he's, he's created... Batman has created greater understanding among the peoples of the world. Let's climb out a window. Yeah. Pretty much, it is. The ending is kind of lame. I, I remember, remember as as a kid, I remember finding that ending really kind of disappointing. Yeah, but yeah. it was just like, mm, that's is this supposed to be social commentary or I don't get it. I don't know. I, sure. It was annoying. Mike stepping in here. This episode is uh, how do you put this? Really long. So we're gonna stop here, and next week we're gonna pick up with. Batman in his exciting 70s appearances in things like The Super Friends and Scooby-Doo movies. But there's much, much more, so tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench.